There was a drawer in this old table, but as far as anyone could recall, it had never been opened. The table stood in the sunny window of a cafe, which was near the outskirts of a small town in the woods of New Hampshire. And nearly every single day, a man by the name of Craig Parker sat at that table from about 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning. He always sat at that same spot, talking with friends, reading the Bible, drinking his coffee. Craig worked in campus ministry, and over the years, his students grew accustomed to this steady pattern. It became Craig's table, really. And eventually, years on, a couple of alums noticed the drawer. Amused and feeling a little bit mischievous, I think, they, they left a note there for Craig. They wondered how long it would take him to find it, but eventually they grew impatient. <laughs> it turned out it was going to take him longer than they could wait, and they told him about it. And then, slowly, other people who visited the cafe began discovering this small drawer and the note that it held. Some of them knew Craig, and some did not. And many of them delighted in this small wonder, this way to leave messages that somehow managed to make their way to this person named Craig. He began responding to them, and the stack of notes multiplied in the drawer. There were funny notes and encouraging notes, notes in other languages that remained mysterious. How do we reach each other? How do others find us? How do we connect? These are always important questions, and I think they have reached this point of undeniable urgency with this intense social distancing in effect, all in the hopes of limiting the spread of this virus. And practices of social distancing are not novel. They are as old as human civilization, though more commonly they've been used at the expense of people's well-being, not in order to preserve it. This distancing is what Jesus is encountering and what he is challenging in today's gospel. He has made his way into Samaria on his way to Galilee, which was pretty unusual to begin with. Many Jews in his day, they would have taken the long way around, avoiding what they believed to be a dangerous place, as there was this deeply entrenched animosity with the Samaritans. But Jesus doesn't skirt around this place. Instead, he goes straight through. 
And while he's there, he meets this woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, and he talks to her. This was shocking. This didn't happen. Jews and Samaritans engaging, let alone a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman. The social rules of the day required distance, separation. Jesus, though, Jesus reaches. He finds this way through, finds a way to demonstrate to this woman that she is known fully. It is astonishing to her, both that the stranger knows the details of her past, but more than that, that he is not shaming her for them. She is known, and he is reaching to connect with her, right where she is. He knew where to find her, and that, that, it seems, is enough for her to recognize that there is some greater force for good at play here. And she runs to tell her people. I think that there is a fundamental human longing for connection, both to be found and also to reach out. It's part of what makes us human, this reaching. I called Craig, Craig of the drawer in the table, earlier this week, asking to hear the story again. It had been so many years since I'd heard it. And one of the notes he recalled stuck out to me. Someone wrote, quote, I heard about this drawer at a pub in Scotland, and I had to find it. This longing to reach, to connect, it's central to who we are. And it's also core to who God is and how Jesus lived as God among us. Finding ways to show up, to know one another in the struggle and in the new life that comes. And this longing, this, this fundamental need of ours, it comes with a new set of challenges these days as we have to maintain this physical distance from one another. It is so odd to be in this mostly empty church, reaching for you all, praying with you and for you on the other side of that iPhone. As I've tried to, to orient myself to this idea over the last couple of days, I've been thinking about this question of how we find one another, how we connect, and how God does that with us. It's still mysterious, but it's a little more straightforward when we can all gather in this same place and break bread together and hold hands and sing and hear one another. And still, all those people found ways to write to Craig, trusting that their words would find him, that they could expect he'd be on the other end, opening that drawer eventually. We get to be creative like that now. As I've sat with the challenge, musing on it, 
My mind has circled around a particular friend of mine. Phoebe is her name. And her practice of presence across great distance. Phoebe and I lived next door to each other for one year when I was in seminary, but it's been almost a decade now that we've been in different states. We've seen each other, I don't know, maybe two or three times since then. And Phoebe has shown up for me in incredible ways across that distance. It has been very simple. She texts me. She sends me text messages. That's it. After our son died, she just started texting me. Usually a few words at a time that she was thinking of us, that she was sending love. Phoebe has continued this, both at random intervals and also especially around the times of year that she expects will be particularly hard for me. She was clear from the beginning that she didn't need a response from me. She didn't need anything from me, that she would just keep sending me love in this way. And she has. She saw me through text by text from a thousand miles away. These tiny messages held me up. They were a balm. They offered me connection when I felt most isolated. It worked, even from so far away. This is what we're being asked to do now with each other, to cultivate new ways of being present, to check in and offer love, to make it clear that our neighbors, make it clear to our neighbors that they are known and cared for. Maybe it's a text message, or maybe it's actual physical notes in the mail, phone calls to people in other parts of the world that are feeling just as lonely. Or maybe it's sidewalk chalk messages to the people on our streets who we can't hang out with, but to whom we can still speak peace. All of this is available to us. And reaching out, being present, it's who we are. It's who God teaches us to be. Remember this gift at the well. God seeks us out and finds us, even in the most unlikely places, the, the places seemingly most separated from everything else. And remember that grace of that old cafe table. Even while we are apart, we know where to find each other, where to send a word of encouragement and connection. So let's open those old drawers and open our hearts and reach out over and over and over until we can be together again.